We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 419 of the al galdi podcast it is wednesday october 12th 2022 the day on which the capitals 2022 2023 regular season is beginning caps home to the boston bruins wednesday night at seven as the great andy bernard said in the great television show, The Office, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. Well, these are the good old days for the Caps. They have made the Stanley Cup playoffs in each of the last eight seasons and in 14 of the last 15 seasons, including, of course, winning a Stanley Cup title in 2018. Uh, Yes, the Caps have been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs in each of the last four seasons, but the Caps have registered at least 100 points in each of the last six 82-game NHL regular seasons. And as we lament what's going on with the Commanders, as we just experienced a horrendous season for the Nationals, as we remain in this perpetual state of nowhere with the Wizards, here we have the Caps starting another season. Their run of consistently having 100-point regular seasons and consistently making the playoffs isn't going to last forever, you know? And I constantly remind myself of that as a Caps fan. Like, enjoy the now with the Caps. If you are a Caps fan, these are the good old days. Appreciate them. Savor them. Because one day, they will be gone. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic will join me later in the show to go in-depth on the Caps. We will talk goaltender Darcy Kemper. We will talk about the state of the Caps defense corps. We will talk about center Nicholas Backstrom's left hip situation. We will talk about whether left winger Alex Ovechkin is poised to have yet another big season. We will talk about the biggest concerns for the Caps and a lot more. Uh, This is a Washington, D.C. sports podcast that actually talks Caps, and not just during the playoffs. Uh, So if you are a Caps fan, if you have been looking for more discussion about the team, hey, this is the show for you. I talk Caps off every game and have on a variety of guests, including the great Tarek El-Bashir. Also on the show, 
an apologetic commander's head coach in Ron Rivera. Ron, during a post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, apologized and was rather contrite for his one-word answer of quarterback during his day-after-the-game press conference on Monday afternoon that sparked all kinds of reactions and interpretations. Uh, And Ron, on Tuesday afternoon, did something that I, and I know many of you, have wanted him to do, display more accountability and take more responsibility for the commander's also-disappointing one-and-four start to the 2022 NFL regular season. Yeah, Ron on Tuesday afternoon gave quite a press conference for a second consecutive day, but this time in a much different way. Uh, These Ron Rivera press conferences have become like boxes of chocolate for Forrest Gump. You never know (laughs) what you're going to get. Next segment, you'll hear what not only Ron had to say, but also what quarterback Carson Wentz had to say during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. And I'll react to all that went down. And then we'll talk about actual commanders football because, you know, there is a game on Thursday night. One and four commanders at the two and three Chicago Bears Thursday night at 8.15. Uh, we have an injury report to go over. We have various items regarding the commander's offense to get into of some things that Carson said on Tuesday afternoon. And we finally have some insight on why exactly the commander's benched corner William Jackson III. Ron gave us an explanation on Tuesday afternoon. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from my man Thelonious Funk on the Commanders. Uh, writes Mr. Funk, as much of an absolute farce as this program has become, we cannot fire rest home Ron Rivera. He watches stoically on the sideline in order to hide his disinterest or the fact that he's overwhelmed. He is so entrenched in this team, head coach, de facto GM, face of the franchise, it is impossible to replace him. Ron is a third of the three-headed GM monster with the Martys. If fans are relying on Jason Wright and the Snyders to pick a replacement, then we're just as delusional as Jason Wright is. They can't successfully oversee image printing on coffee mugs. (laughs) All Washington making another run would do is hurt the team's draft status. The commanders will give Carson Wentz (laughs) another shot in 2023 because he'll take 70% of the snaps, which will send a top five second round pick to Indy. Typical. So don't fire Ron. Otherwise, they'll have to promote Scott Turner to head coach like Jim Zorn because no one else would want this job. Uh, Thank you for the email, Thelonious Funk. Well, if the commanders did fire Ron Rivera in season, the interim head coach potentially slash probably would be defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, right? I mean, he's the only guy in the coaching staff with head coaching experience beyond Ron. It it was Jack who ran the team when Ron would be out or would be limited during the 2020 season due to his cancer. Uh, How would you like that? Jack Del Rio, JDR, as your commander's Interim head coach, uh, Jack's regular season winning percentage as an NFL head coach is 497. Ron's regular season winning percentage as an NFL head coach is a 514, so not that much of a difference. Email from Rob with a different vantage point on our commanders. Writes Rob, hi Al, full disclosure, I'm a lifelong Giants fan, but due to some regular exposure to your work, I admittedly follow the commanders closer than the Giants. I listen to the pod every day. Uh, thank you, Rob. Continues, Rob. I don't subscribe to the blow it up and start over theory. I also hate Dan, but don't believe he is the problem. 
I think the coaching staff is holding back this team. The roster is fine. The roster is talented. Don Ron, Jack, and Scott have this air of overconfidence that comes across as borderline arrogance. The fact that they won't let Wentz audible and complain that the players are out of position and not following assignments are the problems. Chasing a quarterback year after year doesn't help either. The Washington quarterback jersey at this point rivals or beats the Browns quarterback jersey that everyone mocked several years ago for the abundance of names. The commanders need to pick a guy and stick with that guy. Interchangeable quarterbacks with questionable schemes is not a formula for success. Keep Wentz, change out the staff, and the team can make noise. Keep up the great work on the pod. It has great flow, and you obviously work tirelessly at your craft. Uh, Well, much appreciated, Rob. Wow, a sober, rational evaluation of the commanders from a New York Giants fan. Who knew? Uh, Wouldn't that be something, by the way, if next season Ron Rivera was gone, but Carson Wentz still was here? Ron out, Carson still the commander's QB1. Uh, look, I'm all for sticking with Carson Wentz beyond this season if he plays really well this season and if the commanders can't get a better quarterback in the 2023 offseason. But Carson needs to earn being the commander's QB1 beyond this season. He has not done that, uh, not yet anyway, and especially given that the 2023 NFL draft is setting up to be a quarterback-rich draft, Carson would need to play very well this season for me, and I'm guessing for most people listening, to want the commanders to not even be thinking quarterback in the 2023 offseason. I mean, Carson Wentz so far this season has been at best so-so. He has not been the commander's biggest problem, and he has played very well at times, but his overall performance has been like a C- minus at best, and even that may be generous. Uh, That the commanders can cut Carson after this season with zero dead money on the salary cap is something to constantly keep in mind. The commanders owe him nothing beyond this season, and while the idea behind trading for him was for him to be the QB1 for multiple seasons, uh, if he's not working out, he's not working out. And the worst thing that the team could do would be to stick with him just because the team traded for him. What the commanders gave up to the Indianapolis Colts for Carson Wentz in March is a sunk cost, okay? So whether you stick with him or you cut ties with him after this season, uh, the cost is the cost. That cost has been paid. The commanders, in essence, have a team option for Carson for each of the next two seasons, 2023 and 2024, as he is under contract through 2024. Well, if you want to get a home in the Washington, D.C. area under contract, get with Kellen Hunt as your real estate agent. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. You may be wondering, hey, is now a good time to buy a home given what has been happening with mortgage rates? Uh, The answer is yes. The rates are sidelining buyers causing high-level inventory, the likes of which we have not seen in years, this presents a huge opportunity for buyers. Uh, Think of it like a contrarian approach in sports betting or in analytics. When everyone else is zigging, you should be zagging. Uh, With so many other buyers sidelined, that is causing a major rise in inventory and a major reduction in prices, and so you should be buying Kellen Hunt understands all of this. He gets that now is the time to pounce. So, pounce. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L 
kellenhunt.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has a mastery of the market, but he's not just some know-it-all. He is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all. Close it with Kel.com. Kellen Hunt is a closer, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yeah, you the buyer, get a piece of the action. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, if anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKel.com. If you're trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit CloseItWithKel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. So as you may have heard, there was a bit of a stir, a bit of a commotion, a bit of a hubbub on Monday afternoon in Commander's Land. Uh, Commander's head coach Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon off the Commander's having fallen to 1-4 with the 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon gave a rather noteworthy day after the game press conference. Uh, He spoke matter-of-factly and stoically, like he may have been under the weather or just sad. Uh, He said a number of significant things, all of which I discussed on Tuesday's show, episode 418, but nothing that he said garnered more attention than a one-word answer of quarterback. Uh, Right now, for us as Commanders fans in the 2022 NFL regular season, it's not just that the Commanders are 1-4, and right? It's that the other three teams in the NFC East are a combined 13-2. Philadelphia Eagles 5-0, New York Giants 4-1, Dallas Cowboys 4-1. Rod on Monday afternoon got asked about the difference between the Commanders and the other three teams in the NFC East, and his answer was just one word quote, quarterback, end quote. Now, Ron, as the press conference went on, did clarify what he meant. His point was that the commanders are only now establishing themselves with their starting quarterback and only now are building around their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, whereas the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys have had their current QB1s in place for years now. Uh, Ron, with his clarifying, said things that were illogical, misleading, and reeked of excuse-making, okay? But he actually wasn't bashing Carson Wentz. Uh, That interpretation of what Ron said has been unfair and wrong, even though, yeah, if the head coach of a last-place NFL team responds to a question about the difference between his team and the three other teams in his team's division by simply saying, quote, quarterback, end quote, of course, that initially comes off like the head coach is saying, bad quarterback play is why the team is in last place. So it's a good thing that Commander's Insiders Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Ben Standing of The Athletic asked Ron to clarify what he meant. But the clarifying did not stop a whole lot of people, especially in the national media, from teeing off on Ron Rivera, including ESPN NFL analyst and, of course, former Washington quarterback Alex Smith, who just filleted Ron Rivera 
on ESPN's Monday Night Countdown. Uh, Alex is not a fan of Ron. You probably already know that. We certainly came to learn that with the ugly ending for Alex as a Washington quarterback. Remember, his tenure with Washington did not end well. There was ugliness with Alex's departure during Washington's 2021 offseason, but whatever. So the commanders on Tuesday practiced in preparation for their game at the Chicago Bears this Thursday night at 8.15. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon did a post-practice press conference, and the presser started with him being asked if he understood why his one-word answer of quarterback on Monday afternoon generated such reaction. I do, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we, I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that, uh, you know, I should know better, and, uh, shit, I had a bad day. So I figured, you know, I'm feeling better today. Let's move forward. So to me, as far as I'm concerned, it's really now about the most important thing, and that's getting ready for football. All right. I love that answer from Rod Rivera. Uh, he was not defensive. He was not wishy-washy. He took ownership of what he said. He admitted that he didn't say what he wanted to say properly. He said that he on Monday had a bad day, and he apparently conveyed all of this to his team. Good for him. What Ron said right there was great. I've been hard on Ron lately, and justifiably so, but I applaud Ron for what he said right there. Uh, Ron then got asked, if he was worried that he had caused an unnecessary distraction, especially in what is a short week for the Commanders with a game at the Bears on Thursday night. Very much so, and that's why, you know, I apologize to the guys. And, uh, you know, it's been good. Uh, the players have been really positive about it. And, uh, you know, Carson and I had a nice conversation, so I think we're, uh, we're ready to roll. Ah, uh, Yes. Carson Wentz, uh, he too did a post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. Here was Carson with his take on the Rod Rivera one-word answer of quarterback on Monday afternoon, and all that came from that answer. So I honestly had no idea um, any of that happened until Sean over here gave me a heads up. Um, but yeah, coach addressed it, handled it. Nothing for me that I'm overly concerned about. Coach is a very straightforward, upfront guy, and um, he addressed it in the team meeting, which I thought was really cool, um, and what he meant by it all. So uh, I feel very confident in that. All right, so first of all, right there, yet another instance of Carson Wentz since being traded to the commanders in March in answering a question about a difficult topic, providing an answer that is an all-class, not at all controversial, total high road answer. It may well be that Carson only ends up being a commander's quarterback for one season. It may well be that he just isn't a good quarterback anymore. We shall see. But at the very least, at least so far, and as best as we can tell, There have been zero issues with Carson Wentz, the person, Carson Wentz, the teammate, Carson Wentz, the leader. It's too bad that press conference answers don't count in the standings. Uh, Carson on Tuesday afternoon actually then got asked the question that prompted that one-word answer of quarterback from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. What is the difference between the commanders and the NFC East three other teams right now? Yeah, uh, I wish I had all the answers on that. You know, I think um, 
there's a lot of football left. I think there's a lot of varying factors um, across our division, which is um, obviously a very good division at this point in the season. Um, but at the same time, I know there's a lot of ball left. Um, and we talked about it after the game. Unfortunately, we kind of dug ourselves a little bit of a hole. Um, but we know where we're at. We know what we're capable of. And, you know, we can't try and fix it all right away. Our job is to try and go 1-0 this week, and we got a short week to do that. So uh, we're focused on that. All right, so Carson Wentz on Tuesday afternoon really showed zero signs of having been bothered by what Rod Rivera said on Monday afternoon. Other Commanders players who spoke to reporters on Tuesday afternoon showed no signs of having been bothered by what Ron said on Monday afternoon. Hopefully, this entire ordeal now is over, even though there has been a lot with Ron's recent press conferences that has been bothersome, including Uh, The altered messaging about this season, the excuse making with injuries and the lack of accountability, although something else from Ron during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon was him displaying more accountability. Uh, Ron, during the commander's current four game losing streak, had displayed some accountability and had taken some responsibility, but he certainly had not gone out of his way to display accountability and take responsibility. Certainly not like, say, Carson Wentz throughout this season has displayed accountability and taken responsibility for problems on offense. Well, Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon, very interestingly, was like a new man. Uh, He was an accountability-displaying, responsibility-taking machine. Uh, I do wonder if someone talked to Ron about this, uh, maybe someone on the commander's media relations staff, maybe someone else, uh, maybe Ron's wife, Stephanie, had a talking to with Ron. Who knows? But consider the following. Uh, Ron, at one point in the press conference on Tuesday afternoon, was asked if this game at the Bears on Thursday night is a crossroads game for the commanders. In other words, if they lose, their season could go downhill. Here was Ron's answer. Well, very much so. I don't expect it to go downhill, though. And we're going to focus in on them one at a time. No matter what happens, we'll come out, we're going to play. Um, you know, and we got to get better. And it starts with me from the top. I mean, we've got to get better and, you know, understand what our responsibility is. So how about that from Rod Rivera? Quote, we got to get better, and it starts with me from the top. End quote. Also, Rod, late in his press conference on Tuesday afternoon, was asked if Carson Wentz or any other Commanders players had approached Ron about his one-word answer of quarterback on Monday afternoon prior to Ron addressing the team on Tuesday morning. Take a listen to Ron's answer. There was no reaction to it. I, I think, you know, for the most part, we just we just had to make sure it was clarified um, yesterday, last night, uh, and then today I had an opportunity to speak to the players, and, and I was very, you know, up front and just told them, hey, that's on me. I should know better. Me of all people should know better, to be honest. I mean, I've been doing this quite some time, and for me not to, to, to finish my thought completely, um, I messed up. And so I just told the guys, that's it's on me, and it won't happen again. I hope. That's fun. All right. So right there, more accountability from Ron Rivera. Quote, I had an opportunity to speak to the players and I was very upfront and just told them, hey, that's on me. I should know better. Me of all people should know better, to be honest. I mean, I've been doing this for quite some time. And for me not to finish my thought completely, I messed up. End quote. And then Ron, at the end of his answer, engaged in some self-deprecation. Did you catch that quote? And so I just told the guys that it's me and it won't happen again, I hope, end quote. 
And if you watch the presser, uh, you see Ron, when he says that, give like a little smile uh, as if to say, hey, yeah, hopefully I won't be so foolish as to do that again. Uh, That was a self-deprecating, humanizing moment from Ron. Uh, That was good. I like that. And we weren't done with the Ron Rivera accountability palooza on Tuesday afternoon. The very last question of the press conference had to do with Ron's intended point from the whole one-word answer of quarterback on Monday afternoon. Ron was asked if the commanders have the starter talent and the depth to win consistently. Here was Ron's answer. I think going forward, I, I feel good about what we have. It's just now a matter of putting it together. And we've got to do it one game at a time. We've got to focus in on, on, on Chicago and going out and playing better. And again, as I said, it starts with me. We've got to make sure that we are doing the things that we give these guys the best opportunity to show up on game day and play well. Okay. Once again, Rod Rivera pointing the finger of blame at himself. Quote, we got to focus in on Chicago and going out and playing better. And again, as I said, it starts with me. We got to make sure that we are doing the things that we give these guys the best opportunity to show up on game day and play well, end quote. Like I said, Ron, during the commander's current four-game losing streak, had displayed some accountability and had taken some responsibility. But what we had in effect on Tuesday afternoon was a different Ron Rivera. And it's impossible to ignore the timing of this off all of the commotion from what he said on Monday afternoon. Either Ron had some sort of an epiphany or Ron got a talking to by someone. But either way, Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon displaying more accountability and taking more responsibility and clearly going out of his way to do these things, all of that was refreshing and needed. Ron is the head coach in a coach-centric approach. He is in charge of commanders football operations. And so whatever is happening with commander's football operations ultimately falls on him. He is the number one man in commander's football operations. He is the Don of commander's football operations. He is Don Ron. Act like it. You know the scene in the movie, The Godfather, when the greatest Don of all time, Don Corleone, says to that poor sap, you can act like a man. What's the matter with you? You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Yeah, and the Don slaps the poor sap. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Ron Rivera needed to act more like a leader. And on Tuesday afternoon, he did. Up next, much more on the commanders off what Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz said at their post-practice press conferences on Tuesday afternoon, including what's the deal with this right shoulder issue for Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera finally opening up about the benching of corner William Jackson III. Well, as you surely know, internet security and privacy are major issues. Uh, You perhaps have heard of VPN, which stands for Virtual Private Network. A VPN is a service that protects your internet connection and privacy online. I want to tell you about Nord. 
NordVPN. NordVPN keeps your internet connection safe and private and allows you to access region-locked content. With NordVPN, you can safely stream sports, television shows, and movies wherever you travel in the world. NordVPN is one of the most user-friendly VPN services on the market, so you can easily set it up on your smart TV or Apple TV and enjoy watching games with your friends and family. NordVPN shields your data from snoops and criminals, protects you on public Wi-Fi connections, and allows you to secure up to six devices on one account. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so that you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. And NordVPN has a threat protection feature that'll mean that you no longer have to worry about intrusive website ads and malware. In fact, even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes the file before it makes a mess of your computer. Go to nordvpn.com slash algaldi to get your subscription started. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan and get a free month. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. nordvpn.com slash algaldi. If you are a listener of the other podcast that I do, the Nats Chat Podcast with Nationals Insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com, we this Friday night, October 14th, are having a podcast party, and you're invited. Uh, the party is taking place at one of the best sports bars in the Washington, D.C. area, Walters, which is right across the street from Nationals Park. Starts at 7. Uh, we're going to hang out, have some food and drink, talk sports, and uh, would love to meet you. So if you are a Nats fan, come on by. But, you know, even if you're not a Nats fan, that's okay. If you're an Orioles fan, no problem. If you're only into the Commanders, that's fine, too. Uh, come hang out with us at a great spot, Walters, this Friday night starting at seven. So with all of the talk the last few days about what Commander's head coach Rod Rivera did or didn't mean with his one-word answer of a quarterback during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the Commanders have a game on Thursday night. The one and four Commanders at the two and three Chicago Bears on Thursday night football at 8.15. The Commanders on Tuesday conducted a practice, which was basically a glorified walkthrough, uh, no pads, no helmets. The commander's injury report is lengthy. Uh, five players were listed as not having practiced on Tuesday, including three key offensive players who were inactive for the 21-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. Receiver Jahan Dotson was listed as not practicing on Tuesday due to the hamstring injury that had him inactive for the loss to the Titans. Tight end Logan Thomas was listed as not practicing on Tuesday due to the calf injury that had him inactive for the loss to the Titans. You know, we haven't talked about Logan having been inactive for the game. He had not appeared on an injury report for the game until the Friday before the game, and then he ended up being out for the game. Uh, right tackle Samuel Cosme was listed as not practicing on Tuesday due to a finger injury, a reported thumb injury that required surgery and had him inactive for the loss to the Titans. Uh, also, running back Jonathan Williams was listed as not practicing on Tuesday due to a knee injury that he suffered in the loss to the Titans. And safety Percy Butler was listed as not practicing on Tuesday due to a quadriceps injury that had him inactive for the loss to the Titans. Uh, five Commanders players were listed as having been limited participants 
In practice on Tuesday, quarterback Carson Wentz was listed as having been a limited participant in practice on Tuesday due to his right shoulder issue. Receiver Diami Brown was listed as having been a limited participant in practice on Tuesday due to a groin ailment. Corner William Jackson III was listed as having been a limited participant in practice on Tuesday due to his back issue. Linebacker David Mayo was listed as having been a limited participant in practice on Tuesday due to a hamstring injury that had him inactive for the loss to the Titans. And corner Christian Holmes was listed as having been a limited participant in practice on Tuesday due to a hamstring ailment. A lot to go through, as you can tell. I mean, consider this. The commander's injury report for Tuesday listed 10 players. The Bears injury report for Tuesday listed just four players. This is a tough spot for the commander. Short week, on the road, in the midst of a four-game losing streak, and with a number of players who are banged up. So what about this right shoulder problem for Carson Wentz? Ron Rivera, during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, was asked if Carson's right shoulder problem stems from something that happened in the loss to the Titans. Yeah, yeah, so something from the game. Um, he came in uh, yesterday morning, and so because he, he said he was a little sore, we had to put it on the list. Um, but he took all his reps today, and uh, he was fine, so I don't expect it to be a problem. All right, Ron Rivera right there said that Carson Wentz during Tuesday's practice took all of his reps. Uh, he was, though, officially listed as a limited participant in practice. As you may recall, Carson, in the loss to the Titans, uh, did throw a block. Uh, Commander's eighth offensive drive resulted in a third-quarter turnover on down. Second snap of the drive, running back Bride Robinson Jr. had a second-and-ten, six-yard under-center handoff run that featured a great block by Carson Wentz on linebacker David Long Jr., who, yes, ended up intercepting Carson on the next-to-last snap of the game. This was Carson during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon on if he hurt his right shoulder on that block. No, I actually don't know when, and it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. I mean, it was it was a Monday after a game, so uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. All right. Nobody should feel sorry for NFL players. Uh, they are treated quite well. Uh, but this turnaround of playing a game on Sunday afternoon and then playing a game on Thursday night isn't easy. Uh, here was Carson Wentz on Tuesday afternoon on the challenge of playing on a Thursday off playing on a Sunday, especially off the recent concussion controversy involving Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. I don't want to go in depth about Thursday night football and this, that, and the other. I will say it is physically by far the hardest week of the season. I mean, it is not even close in my opinion. Um, you wake up Monday morning and you're like, holy crap, I got to play in three days, you know, and, um, it's hard. It's hard on our bodies. It's hard on, on those things. And anytime it's a head injury, especially that's very concerning. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's our job. This is what we do. And, uh, we find a way to get out there Thursday night and hopefully, uh, deliver. Are there any parts of your week when it's Thursday night that you have learned over the years, like I need to do this on Monday or this on Tuesday, ways that you've refined your process? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I learned very early on. You kind of just find a way to get out there Thursday, you know. And um, your your recovery um, is definitely expedited. I mean, everything is. But um, for me, my recovery Monday and Tuesday is often the same anyway. So um, it's just kind of a little more expedited uh, on this week. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very very tough, very challenging. But um, you know, it's also prime time, and guys get fired up to to go play and hopefully put on a put on a good performance. 
So a lot of the numbers for Carson Wentz for the 2022 regular season through week five are not so good. Uh, Carson is 24th out of 32 qualified NFL quarterbacks in ESPN's total QBR. He is 28th out of 32 qualified NFL quarterbacks in Football Outsiders DVOA metric. He is 25th out of 32 qualified NFL quarterbacks in yards per pass attempt. Uh, Carson is fifth in the NFL in passing yards, and he is tied for fifth in the NFL in touchdown passes. So he is doing well in some of the counting stats, but generally speaking, rate stats are more telling than counting stats, and he's not doing well in the key rate stats, at least so far. Uh, The commanders through week five have the following offensive rankings per DVOA for the 2022 regular season, and uh, you may want to cover your ears. Uh, 30th in total offense, 28th in passing offense, 31st in rushing offense. Uh, Those are horrible rankings. Carson Wentz on Tuesday afternoon on still getting used to the team's offense and his teammates and on where the commander's offense is at. You know, I feel very confident in the, the chemistry and the relationships that, that have been built um, and the bond that we have on the field. I think, you know, we've we've shown and, and proven some, some really good things. Um, so I feel very good and confident in, on that front. I think for us, it's just about consistency. For me, it's about consistency for all of us um, and just being able to, to not just deliver big plays, but how do we... How are we, you know, in the in the rest of the game? How are we sustaining drives? How are we, um, you know, I know discipline keeps coming up and communication and some errors that put us back to second and extra long and third and long and those things that can definitely kill drives. And so those are things that, that I can do better, I can clean up, and I know we all will. So I think I feel good about where we're at. Uh, we just got to be consistent and hopefully deliver for four quarters, not just a couple. Uh, Of course, a big issue for the commander's offense has been the offensive line, uh, which has committed five accepted penalties in each of the last two games and has allowed 19 sacks and 46 quarterback hits over the last four games. The commanders through week five are just 30th in the NFL at ESPN's team pass block win rate for the 2022 regular season and are just 29th in the NFL, in ESPN's team run block win rate for the 2022 regular season. Again, those are horrible rankings. Carson Wentz on Tuesday afternoon on the commander's offensive line, which, yes, has lacked continuity given various injuries and also the benching of right guard Trey Turner. I feel super confident in those guys. Um, they've done a great job, not just uh, physically, but mentally being locked in, ready to go, knowing the calls, all of those things. Um, I do know it can be tough when you're playing next to somebody and they go out and then you're trying to work together um, and <laughs> bullets are happening fast, bullets are flying. And I, so I know it's tough on those guys, but at the same time for me um, and really everybody else on the offense, we have a ton of confidence um, because as they go, we go. And we, we have a ton of confidence in their ability to, to protect, but also to to move the line of scrimmage and change the line of scrimmage in the run game. And uh, I think we're going to keep getting better in that area. All right, Carson Wentz is saying all of the right things, but there's no doubt that the commander's offensive line has been a massive weakness so far this season. While we're talking commander's offense, offensive coordinator Scott Turner is remaining in the booth. Uh, he and the loss to the Titans called plays from a booth for the first time in five games in this 2022 regular season of having called plays from booths in each of his first two seasons as Washington offensive coordinator. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on whether Scott will continue to call plays from booths. 
Yes, okay. you know, and it was interesting. We had a nice conversation about exactly what he saw and what he was able to, you know, make decisions on. So that was a really good thing, um, you know, and, and and the fact that it's a little bit calmer out, up, up there. So gave him, you know, some clearance, uh, some clarity, clarity, excuse me, and uh, we'll continue with that. All right. Well, the commander's offense needs to be better. So if Scott Turner needs to call plays from a janitor's closet, uh, go ahead and do that. I have to say, the more that I think about and look back on. The Commanders failing to score a touchdown on those three plays from the Titans to late in the loss to the Titans, the more that I like get infuriated, okay? For all of the talk about Scott Turner and Carson Wentz and all of these offensive weapons, that the Commanders could not score a touchdown over three consecutive plays from the Titans to is just maddening. Like, what are we doing here? And I do think that a good bit of this was on Scott. And I have said, I like a lot about Scott, and I do, but he did not call great plays during that sequence. I get that calling a running play was not advisable given that the commanders had no timeouts, although one running play may have been all that was needed. But why the commanders did not spread out the Titans in order to prevent them from clogging up the middle of the field as they did is beyond me. I just don't get that. Uh, One more thing from Tuesday. We finally got at least somewhat of an explanation for why corner William Jackson III has been benched. Uh, Jackson, in the loss to the Titans, got benched. He started the game, but ultimately played on just 23% of the commander's defensive snaps. Rod Rivera, during both his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon and his day-after-the-game press conference on Monday afternoon, would not expound on why he benched William Jackson III. Uh, Jackson, during a post-game session with reporters on Sunday afternoon, said that he has been dealing with a back problem, a disc issue, implied that that was why his playing time in the loss to the Titans was so low. It is true that Jackson was inactive for the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3 due to a back injury, although it has become rather clear that the benching was more of a performance thing than an injury thing. Anyway, maybe it was because Ron Rivera was in a better mood, but Ron, during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, finally gave us some answers on what's going on with William Jackson III. Ron, on Tuesday afternoon, on why Jackson has been benched. I think the biggest thing as far as William is concerned, you know, first of all, is just making sure he's healthy. But I think the biggest thing is, is again, just understanding, you know, your your connections you're working with and how with uh, you work with your, your teammates. Um, it, it is a little bit different from what he had done previously. Okay, so Ron Rivera right there revealing that communication issues are a big part of why William Jackson III has been benched. Uh, Ron also admitted that the communication for which Jackson and the commander's defense is responsible is different from how things were done during his time with the Cincinnati Bengals. Ron then got asked if there's something that he would like to see from Jackson going forward. I think the biggest thing, more so anything else, is just the communication aspect. You know, um, be a little more animated, just so everybody knows that, th- that you've gotten the check or you didn't hear the check or you've made the check. All right. Clearly, communication has been a problem for William Jackson III, at least in the mind of Ron Rivera. What a whiff 
this signing of William Jackson III is turning out to be. Washington, on March 19th, 2021, officially signed Jackson as an unrestricted free agent. Three-year, $40.5 million contract with $26 million in total guarantees. He had a very disappointing 2021 regular season, and he now has gotten benched four games and change into the 2022 regular season. Uh, the commander's three primary corners in the loss to the Titans were Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, and Rashad Wild Goose. Uh, Fuller played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. St. Juice played on 89% of the commander's defensive snaps. Wild Goose played on 52% of the commander's defensive snaps. And the general alignment was Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice on the outside with Rashad Wild Goose in the slot. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on how Benjamin St. Juice and Rashad Wild Goose did in the loss to the Titans. Um, I thought they looked good. I really did. I, I think Benjamin, every time he's gotten his opportunity to go out and play on the outside, he's played well. Uh, he's a very physical guy. He's got um, tremendous length. He's got good speed and quickness for a guy with his length, but he's got length, and, and that, I think, adds to his abilities. Um, I think Wagus is a guy that's real interesting. Uh, he's got great quickness. He really does. Uh, he's got a lot to learn, um, so he's, he's learning a little bit on the run, but he's done a very nice job. Um, there is some physicality to his game, and uh, this game with uh, with this team that runs the ball inside, it's going to be a little bit of a test for him as well. So, no, Ron Rivera right there talking about how Thursday night's game at the Bears is going to be a test for Rashad Wild Goose. Uh, that certainly would seem to indicate that the benching of William Jackson III was not just a one-game thing. Uh, the commander's top three corners for now do seem to be Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, and Rashad Wild Goose. Up next, we talk Caps. I'll preview the Capitals 2022-2023 regular season with Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. No offseason move by the Caps was bigger than the signing of unrestricted free agent goaltender Darcy Kemper. Do the Caps finally have themselves a franchise goaltender? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's talk Caps. Uh, The Capitals will begin their 2022-2023 regular season on Wednesday night, home to the Boston Bruins at 7. The Caps are beginning their regular season with three games in four days. Wednesday night, the Caps are home to the Bruins at 7. Thursday night, the Caps are at the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7.30. And the expectation is that the Leafs starting goaltender will be ex-Cap Ilya Samsonov, and then Saturday night, the Caps are home to the Montreal Canadiens at 7. The Caps on Monday afternoon announced their regular season opening roster. The Caps on Tuesday morning made some news, announced that forward Carl Haglin on Monday morning underwent an orthoscopic surgical procedure to address his chronic left hip in that he is out indefinitely. Uh, Haglin already was trying to come back from a serious left eye injury that he suffered in practice This past March 1st, the Caps in the 2021-2022 NHL regular season got to 100 points for a sixth consecutive 82-game regular season. The Caps have made the Stanley Cup playoffs in each of the last eight seasons, in 14 of the last 15 seasons, and believe it or not, in 32 of the last 39 seasons. But the Caps have been eliminated in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in each of the last four seasons. Nothing but first-round ousters since the Caps won the Stanley Cup in 2018. What to expect this season? Well, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. He also serves as a rinkside reporter for TNT's coverage of the NHL. You can follow Tarek on Twitter, at Tarek underscore El-Bashir. Tarek, great to talk to you. How are you? Hey, doing great, Al. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Always nice to have you. Uh, So here we are, another Caps season. As you think about the Caps roster, does this Caps team strike you as another Caps team that'll have a 100-point regular season? It does, Al. And quite frankly, when I look at that roster, I I think this is a team that has actually improved over last year's team. Um, uh, They've got some some key injuries. You know, Nicholas Backstrom is going to be out indefinitely after having off-season hip surgery. Tom Wilson is going to be out uh, probably until the holidays, recovering from an ACL. And I don't think Carl Haglin, who who um, has an eye eye injury and also a lower body injury, is going to play at all this year. But I, I think General Manager Brian McClellan did a really good job of um, of filling the holes. Um, you know, bringing in Connor Brown and Dylan Strome. But but to me, Al, the biggest difference is in goal. I mean, goalie in hockey is like quarterback. In football, it's like starting pitcher or even maybe closer in, in baseball, um, uh, point guard in basketball. If you don't have a good one, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to, to be better in other areas to compensate for, 
for not being good in that one key area. And and by getting Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, and Lindgren, yes, I look, he doesn't have a, to- a ton of experience. He's also not going to play a ton. This is Dar- this is the Darcy Kemper show, and this is a guy who over the last four years has been a top five goalie in this league, and. You know, goal it plays an outsized role in determining outcomes of hockey games and how far teams get in the postseason. It influences the way the guys in front of you play. I mean, just look at some of those games when you know Sammy Samsonov, Ilya Samsonov, or Vitek Vanacek. And look, they're young goaltenders, and they may yet find their way. You know, they were kicking pucks all over the place, or you know, not looking really confident, and that changes the way the guys in front of them play. That that, that makes them be a little less confident. In the couple of preseason games that Darcy Kemper has played, I mean, I know there are preseason games, but if you're a Capitals fan and you watch those games, your pulse rate was was much lower. <laughs> like he just looked calm and in command, and he's six foot five, so when he goes in the butterfly, there's there's no space to shoot at. Um, his movements are very controlled. His rebounds are very predictable. He doesn't lose his goal stick every other time he's he's challenged. I mean. I I think, Al, now this is a long-winded way of answering your first question, but I, I think this is another 100-point team. I think the the division um, didn't get measurably better. I, I think all the teams kind of did what they had to do. I think it's going to be a dogfight, but I think the Caps get in, and you know, with a good goaltender, assuming Darcy Kemper's healthy, they might be able to go a little further. <laughs> yeah, that certainly would be nice. Uh, so the Caps on July 13th, what was day one of NHL free agency, announced having signed unrestricted free agent goaltender Darcy Kemper to a five-year, $26.25 million contract. We know that the nature of goaltending is such that goaltenders can be unreliable. Uh, Kemper is going into his age 32 season. He has had some injuries. Are there concerns with Darcy Kemper or have the Caps with this five-year $26.25 million contract for Kemper gotten themselves certainty in that? Well, you, you never know how things are going to turn out. And, and you're right, he is he is a year older and you know he kind of has the, the, uh, the crowning achievement under his belt that sometimes changes guys a little bit. Who, you know, that remains to be seen. He's looked as every bit as fit and hungry to me in training camp as, as I've seen. And I, I covered him in the second round last year for TNT. So interviewed him a number of times, got to watch him, you know, uh, six games. So, uh, I, I do think that he is the answer here. And, you know, if you look at his, you dig into his recent past, you know, he, look, yes, he won a Stanley Cup with a very, very, very good Colorado team. But he was also outstanding for a terrible Arizona team that didn't play with a lot of structure and didn't have a lot of talent and was had dudes on the back end where you were like, who's that guy? You know, I mean, th- th- you know, th- there were, that was an undermanned, undermanned Arizona team. He was still putting up nine twenty something save percentages um, uh, while playing there. And, and the Capitals, I'll, I'll be honest, man, they've had, they've had this reputation for, for years of being an offensive juggernaut that doesn't play great defense. I think they're underrated on, on defense. Um, I, I think these last couple of years under Peter Laviolette, um, you know, the, the, he's got this veteran group to, to play with more structure. You look at, where they ranked in shots against and scoring chances against. They were one of the better teams in suppressing um, uh, scoring chances uh, and giving up a lot of shots. Um, so I, th- I think this is this is going to be a strong marriage. I think you got a good goaltender and you got a team that plays with a lot of structure and a guy who has played on teams that weren't even that good defensively and, and performed. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a good year. I'd be, I'd be very surprised. 
It's funny, it has been a while since the Caps have had high-level goaltending in a regular season. Wholesale change for the Caps at goaltender. They, in July, traded Vitek Vanacek to the New Jersey Devils, non-tendered, and then did not re-sign Ilya Samsonov and signed as unrestricted free agents Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, who got a three-year, $3.3 million contract. Uh, Kemper is a Caps clear number one goaltender. What's the organizational thinking on how many of the 82 regular season games that Kemper ideally you will start you know gone are the days of uh you know henrik lundquist playing you know 70 or 72 games that just doesn't happen anymore uh uh advanced analytics and just more knowledge has has shown teams that the sweet spot is somewhere in the 50 to 55 game range if you play a goaltender more than that you're asking for trouble if you play goaltender if you play your starting goaltender on on back-to-backs with travel you're asking for trouble and potentially injuries um, so that is my understanding is that I think ideally they would like if assuming he stays healthy because he, he has had some small injury trouble, nothing major, but some, some injury trouble in, in the recent past, re, the past few years, um, you know, somewhere in that 50 to 55 game range. And then, you know, Charlie Lindgren, you know, he's going to get a, he's going to get a decent amount of run. Um, uh, you know, he was outstanding in St. Louis last year, but very small sample size, only five games, one, all five games. You had a 122 save um, uh, goals against average and like a and a 958 save percentage. I mean, he was really good. And let me tell you, Al, a lot of teams were in on him, which is why he ended up getting 1.1 times three. Um, there were a bunch of teams, Arizona, one of them that there were that were you know looking at him as a potential number one. So the fact that the Capitals got him, and he's he's no like you know he's no young player. I mean, he's he's in his late 20s. Like he's he's been in the pro game for a long time from a hockey family. I think he's going to be all right. Um, but he is, to me, like the one thing where you're like, ah, you know, he was great in that small sample size. I need to see it before I believe. The Caps defense core, uh, the Caps on day one of NHL free agency on July 13th, lost defenseman Justin Schultz as an unrestricted free agent to the Seattle Kraken, but signed unrestricted free agent defenseman Eric Gustafson, a one-year $800,000 contract. We also have the, I guess, wild card of defenseman Alexander Alexiev. The Caps took him with the number 31 pick in the 2018 NHL draft, but they on June 18th announced that he had undergone a surgical labral repair on his left shoulder and that based on the nature of the procedure, Alexiev was expected to miss four to five months. Uh, what's the overall outlook for the Caps defense core? Well, I, I think um, continuity is, is an important thing when it comes to defense, and the Capitals have... have um, prioritize that in recent years. And so the main guys are all back. Eric Gustafson is pretty good. Um, I'm not sure he's as good as Justin Schultz, but the Caps made their choices. If you're going to go out and spend $3.5 million on on Dylan Strom and $3.5 million on Connor Brown, and you're going to sign Marcus Johansson to a million, a million plus, and you got a budget for Tom Wilson coming back, and who knows, maybe Nicholas Baxter, you have to make sacrifices elsewhere, and I think Gustafson was a little bit of a, a little bit of a sacrifice. But look, I mean, I, I watched him in the preseason. I watched him in practice. Got a great first pass. He's very mobile. You know, there's a reason he's a 30 year old who's bounced around. You know, basically a team a year for the past several years. Um, I, you know, I, I think I think he'll be okay. But that is an area. But again, that's the third pair. We're not talking about a guy who's you know being brought into play with John Carlson or Dmitry Orlov. This is a guy who's going to play 14, 15 minutes a night. Um, and, and probably a decent amount on the penalty kill. Um, you know, I think Alexiev, you know, like you said, he's a bit of a wild card. 
you know, when he comes back, he's not going to be able to go through waivers. He's going to have to go right to the roster. Um, so they can't just send him right down. And uh, he's going to get his opportunity at some point this year, assuming he's able to get back to, to full health. Um, one other thing Alex, that, that I'd like to mention is, you know, other than John Carlson, all the other five defensemen in that six are in contract years. And we know what happens in contract years. And that's not by mistake. That's not by accident. The Capitals did that on purpose. Uh, you know, it gives them flexibility. But it also, in a year where they knew they were going to be, you know, as usual, pressed against the cap, they got five dudes who are fighting for the next deal. Um, you know, Nick Jensen, Dmitry Orloff. I mean, these are guys with families who want want security, and they know they're, you know, they know they're fighting for that next deal. And typically, those are their best years. So if you can get three or four of those five guys to to have you know to really ball out and have great years, I think they'll be okay on defense. I that doesn't that doesn't concern. Me. We're talking with Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. You've mentioned center Nicholas Backstrom. Caps on June 18th announced that he had undergone left hip resurfacing surgery on June 17th in Belgium and described his recovery as, quote, a lengthy recovery process, end quote. Uh, Backstrom missed the Caps' first 28 games of the 2021-2022 regular season due to the left hip. Uh, his left hip situation has felt like it may well end his career. Uh, he did recently express optimism about how he's feeling, but I think that we all know with something like this to follow the actions and not the words. Uh, what to you is a realistic expectation for Nicholas Backstrom this season? What would be his age 35 season? I don't think we're even at the point where we can ask that question just yet. Um, he's feeling good, which, you know, for a 34 year old father of three, like that makes everyone who knows him feel good, right? Like, like he's pain free. He's able to bend over and tie his son's hockey skates. He, he can live a normal life now with this um, uh, resurfaced hip. But this is uncharted territory for an NHL hockey player. Like, like we, 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 there's, you can't say, oh, well, that guy had this surgery then Nick should be okay in nine months. It hasn't happened before. So like everyone's kind of wondering what he's going to look like or how he's going to feel when he eventually puts on skates and starts to ramp it up and make unscheduled movements and has to slam on the brakes and turn the other way. No one knows the answer to that, um, Al. And if you look at, and, and this is where kind of the, the, the cold, hard reality of, of pro sports and, and business kind of align, the Capitals, uh, and, and, and you mentioned a second ago, you, you know, um, uh, you have to kind of listen to the words, but believe what you see. The Capitals built this team thinking that Nicholas Backstrom is not going to be able to play this year. Um, if he were to come back and his salary were to come back on the cap before the playoffs. And it, remember, he can do the, they can do the Nikita Kucherov. They can bring him back in the in the in the postseason with no cap ramifications. But if he comes back in the regular season and that nine point two million dollars hits the cap. They're going to have to trade a couple players to make to make space for him. So I just don't see that happening. I, I don't think they've constructed this team counting on Nicholas Backstrom to play in the regular season. I think everyone just kind of wants to to slow play this and give him his time. And let's say he starts looking good in late February. Maybe you hold him off to the playoffs and then you know start ramping up in the playoffs and see if he can return. Otherwise, I think you have to hope that, number one, he's healthy just in life and can lead, lead a normal life. Number two, maybe next year is the year that, that he can uh, you know, start trying to really mount a comeback. 
Among the forwards on the Caps' regular season opening roster is Connor McMichael, who the Caps took with the number 25 pick in the first round of the 2019 NHL draft. A lot of disappointment with his 2021-2022 season in terms of how the Caps handled him. Uh, Still a lot of excitement for what he could be for the Caps. What are the Caps thinking that they might be getting from McMichael this season? They're still trying to figure it out. I I think there's still internally a lot of hope that he's going to be um, a good NHL player for a dozen or more years. Uh, and, and I think, um, retro in retrospect, they probably wish they hadn't have put him in the situation. He was last year, played 68 NHL games, but didn't play a lot. Didn't play meaningful minutes. Maybe, you know, in retrospect, the, the, the uh, right move would have been to put him in Hershey where he could have played another pro season with big minutes, um, in all situations. Uh, but the fact that, he made the team again when they had other options shows you that they do believe in him. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, he plays his best when he's a center. He's been a center his entire life. Right now, this team goes, if getting Kuznetsov, Dylan Strome, Lars Eller, Nick Dowd with a Nicholas Backstrom trying to work his way back. So that's four healthy centers and one all-star center trying to come back. Where does, where is Connor McMichael? I mean, like literally, like I see people on Twitter going, "Oh yeah, another young kid getting shattered." <laughs> Who does he beat out? Who is he better than right now? He's not better than Dylan Strome. He's not better than Evgeny Kuznetsov. He's not better than Lars Eller right now. Um, he's definitely, and he doesn't do what Nick Dowd does. He's that's just not his role. So I, I think when you're looking at at uh, Connor McMichael. I think you're going to see him play a lot on the wing. He's going to probably sit out a little bit when the team is fully healthy. I think he's going to be in and out of the lineup a little bit. Um, but I do think that when you look at the way the, this this team lines up um, uh, contract-wise, Lars Eller is a free agent next year. Uh, Dylan Strome is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom's situation could still be up in the air or maybe we know by then that, hey, this is probably he's probably not going to play again. I think that's when you can start talking about you know, where McMichael really fits into the, to the big plans. And, you know, the, the, you know, if you're McMichael, you probably don't like the fact that there's also competition around him, right? Alexei Protoss is also a center. He made the team and he's making some noise and he's six foot six, 230 pounds. Um, then you got Hendrix Lapierre down in Hershey, who's also looking for a spot from a club standpoint. You love that internal competition. The players probably don't like it a whole lot, but, but the club likes it. Um, so, I, I think they're looking for Connor to take the next step this year, um, which is to say a little more consistency, a little more detail in his in his uh, game without the puck. And I noticed this this um, this preseason. I thought he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I thought I thought he kind of he kind of caught himself and self corrected. And by the end of the preseason, I really noticed his details on the especially on the back check and in the D zone. He had his stick in the right place. He was on the right side of the puck. He was, you know, just playing better, better defensive hockey. And um, that's how you gain the coach's trust. Now you get more minutes. It's funny. We've been talking for a while here, and I haven't even asked you about the Caps' top-line left winger, Alex Ovechkin. Uh, this season is his age 37 season. He last season had another 50-goal regular season. We know that at some point he's going to fall off, but the fall-off hasn't happened yet. Is it safe to assume that this is going to be yet another very good season for Alex Ovechkin? 
Did you see his one-time goal? On the play? <laughs> it's, it's the same shot we've been watching for 18 years, Al. He, he, I'm not saying he doesn't. He hasn't aged. He has. I mean, he, you know, there are times where you look down, you know, from the press box, and I'm like, yeah, okay, he's 37. You know, like he'll 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 whiff on a puck and, and stumble a little bit, or he, or you know, there's some times where on some shifts you're like, he barely moved there. Like he literally went 12 feet, <laughs> but he's pacing himself. He's trying to figure out a way at 37 years old to. Um, uh, still be able to play 21 minutes and have a, a big influence in the game. Um, yeah, you know, he's more judicious in his, in his um, play. He doesn't blow guys up all the time like he used to. Um, so we're starting to see, I guess, some of that father time kind of creep into his game a little bit. But as long as he has that shot from his office on the power play, that doesn't require a lot of physicality or skating up and down. If he can get 18 to 20 there, and can you know? And we've seen his game adapt a little bit over over recent years, where he's getting more tip ins and more goals around the goal mouth. He doesn't have to, you know, do those plays where he's blowing around defense, you know, with, with his with his speed and or and his power and cut to the net and you know crashing to carry Price whilst also scoring the goal. He doesn't need to do that anymore. Um, he's figured out other ways to be effective. And um, yeah, this is going to be an awesome year. I, I mean, he, he he's going to catch Gordy Howe at some some point, probably around the holidays. Uh, maybe a little bit later. Let's see what kind of start he gets off to, and then and then there's going to be kind of a two year kind of like uh, a wait for him to kind of just keep racking up so he can actually start approaching the great one, and then it's going to be one of the big, biggest stories in sports. Last one for you. If you're Cap Senior Vice President and General Manager Brian McClellan or Cap's Head Coach Peter Laviolette, what's keeping you up at night? What are the concerns with the Caps this season? You know, I I, I think um, they invested heavily. In, in Darcy Kemper, and they want to make, you know, I, I'm sure they're not wondering, but like they want to make sure that investment was the right investment. Like, like they want to see those first 10 starts and see that he's the same goalie that he was, you know, pre Stanley Cup in, in, uh, in Denver. Uh, I don't know if that's keeping them awake, but I'm sure that's something they're, they're wondering about. Um, you know, Connor Brown's a nice player. It's not Tom Wilson. You know, uh, you know, taking you know having Tom Wilson and Carl Haglin and um, uh, Nicholas back from the line, that's a lot of leadership. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're kind of wondering who's going to step up and fill that void while those guys are are working their way back. Um, and and you know, we mentioned Eric Gustafson. I look, I I, I don't want to say that a third pair defenseman is is going to keep a general manager and a coach coach awake at night, but um, you know that third pair. They had to sacrifice. I mean, both of their third pair defensemen make under a million bucks. You know, um, you know, it's not all about salary, but better players make more money, right? I mean, it's there's a little bit of a question mark there. Um, you know, how much of a role are they going to be able to to handle? And if if they can't handle, you know, the the type of minutes that they uh, need from them, then that puts more pressure on the guys in front of them. So. Oh, and, and, you know, and I think finally, I, I think if there's one thing, if I'm, if I'm McClellan that keeps me awake at night, it's the fact that I have an older team and older players are predisposed to injuries. I mean, we've already seen it with Oshie. Like it was, you know, preseason took a hard check, you know, and, and missed a preseason game, missed a few practices. I, I think, I think, you know, there's a potential for some of these old guys. And when I say old, you know, we're talking, you know, early to mid thirties. Some of these guys are going to start breaking down and you, and you hope that it doesn't happen this season. And you hope it doesn't happen at once. You know, you, you already have injuries. You can't lose also Oshie and Carlson and someone else. And then you're in big trouble. 
No doubt. Uh, big storyline, obviously, will be the recovery of forward Tom Wilson off surgery to repair a torn left ACL on May 25th. Uh, Caps insider Tarek Elbashir of The Athletic. Tarek, I always enjoy talking Caps with you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, man, anytime. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 420, will feature in-depth preview of the 1-4 and four Commanders at the 2-3 and three Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football at 8-15. I'll welcome on a special guest to talk Bears, Zach Pearson, co-host of the Bear Report podcast and Bears Insider for BearReport.com. Also, I will provide you with my rhyming key for a commander's win at Chicago, and I'll give you a prediction for the game. And I'll discuss the Capitals' 2022-2023 regular season opener, home to the Boston Bruins Wednesday night at 7. How about goaltender Darcy Kemper pitching a shutout in his Caps regular season debut? That would be nice. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that, uh, you know, I should know better, and uh, shit, I had a bad day. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.